0: Get ready for the Small Church Shepherds podcast. Small Church Shepherds exist to encourage, enrich, and equip small church pastors and churches. You can find our blog and more information about us at smallchurchshepherds.com. to this episode of the Small Church Shepherds. My name is Dennis Elberg, and, and is with me, as always, is James Clardy. Um, Unfortunately, Jonathan was not able to make it with us uh, today. He's got some pastoral duties that are keeping him from being able to meet with us today. But I'm just excited to be here with my brother. And um, James, how you doing, man? How's your week been?
1: Oh, man, it's going great. It's, it's going really well. The, things are going good with the family. You know, it's uh, warming up over here, so... Everybody's, you know, starting to run and gun, so it's getting a little busy. But things are going well. We, we're we showing the, the American gospel on Sunday nights at our church, and so we're everyone's really excited about that. So it's been going really well, to be honest with you. It's been really great.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because, I mean, I've, I've watched the video, and, I mean, it is it is it is wonderful, but it is long. And I was yeah. wondering, y'all are breaking it up into chunks or, like, 30-minute segments, 45-minute segments?
1: We are. Um, We broke it down to four sessions, and so we've done two. So uh, we'll play so long, then I'll get up and just reiterate some things they said. We'll have a discussion. Uh, we'll go through the yeah. search, the scriptures out. It's, it's a little bit different feel and format, um, but it's been going great. People have been uh, really digging to God's word and asking a lot of good questions. And so it's, it really has. It's been really, really good. And, and Elder and I were uh, talking uh, last night on the phone about how uh, how thankful we are, how good it's going
0: uh, oh, yeah. with, with, with our church. And, and I've been impressed by the video, which this is not the topic of, of our discussion today, but just, you know, um, one of our friends, one of our, our, our shepherds, uh, Adam Wyatt, who does a lot on our blog, um, he actually posted a video from someone from Bethel Church, who that video, um, the American Gospel, helped them to see some of the, the error. And so I'm really excited about that video. And and, um, and, you know, there's some changes in our life. Of course, we're getting ready. Like you said, spring, we're getting ready, man, for baseball season. I got my kids. I got one kid playing junior high, and I've got um, my other son who's about to start baseball. And once again, I'm on the local baseball board. And so my my hair is getting thinned as I pull my hair out, <laughs> run around I, out I, town and stuff. But You're a better man than I am. We're excited about that. But also, we've accepted that. Go ahead.
1: No, I'm just saying you're a better man. Than I am. I, I loved always back in the day. Both of us getting involved with coaching and helping. But when you yeah. take the next level to to run everything and organize everything, you you are a very very good man. I'll give you I'll give you a, a kudos on that one.
0: Man, i i don't know how good of a man I am, there, James. I mean, I am—I am. I am it, it is a very much a test of my sanctification every week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Yes.
0: <laughs> but, uh, but no. Just to let everybody know, there is another change going on in our lives. We have just um, uh, went in view of a call at another local church, and we're going to be making the transition in the next uh, three weeks of, of transitioning to another church in Pearl, Mississippi. Um, Truett Memorial Church, and we're excited about that change. Um, but we are also heartbroken over leaving our current church. But, um, yes. but we, we feel like, you know, this is what God's leading us to do. So, um, you know, a lot going on in the Ellingberg household right now.
1: It and, and we're like thankful, it,
0: thankful for all that. But um, let's just sort of dive in. Yeah, let's just dive into what we're talking about this week. One of the questions, and and I think it's important because uh, this there's a group of men in, in all of our churches that, especially in small churches, and especially in um you know traditional Baptist churches, that wield a lot of power, a lot of authority, and and can can cause um. Either great joy or great stress for the small church pastor. And I think everybody knows who we're talking about. We're talking about the deacons. And so, one of the uh, directions we want to go on our podcasts, we're going to do several sessions, um, maybe not in a row, but over a period of time. We're going to talk about uh, deacon ministry and the small church pastor. And so, one of the things that I know when I went into ministry, uh, one of the big questions I had was, you know, how do you do deacons meetings? what are deacons meetings all about? I was never deacon in a church before I became a pastor. And so my first deacons meeting was when I became a pastor of a church and everybody turned and looked at me and was like, Hey, what's going on? What do we do? And I had no idea what to do. It was, it was completely foreign to me. And so today we're going to talk about deacons meetings and um, how can we as pastors, lead deacons meetings and how can we lead our our deacons to to being healthy as deacons any thoughts about that James? Yeah I was the same way
1: uh, first getting started in pastoral ministry I never served as a deacon and so uh, I vividly remember my first deacons meeting. You know, I had some thoughts, and, and um, but God was very gracious, uh, to be honest with you. He had some really good men in that church, and they already had their system, their way of doing things. Right. So I, I sort of sat back, listened, and watched, because um, I was uh, 24 at the time, <laughs> uh, and the yeah. average man that was a deacon, I think was in the 60s or 70s. <laughs> so uh, it was very interesting. Um, learned a lot. Uh, Lord right. humble mean a lot of experiences but but yeah I think as you said to be honest it's the uh, uh, how a Southern Baptist Church small churches and the convention are set up most of them are set up with a plurality of deacons um, who who can can be a great blessing uh, to you or they they can they can make life difficult uh, for yep. the local pastor and uh, but going to the topic you're talking about today is how how to run those meetings, what directions you need to go in, how you can make them healthy, productive, things of that nature. So I'm,
0: I'm looking forward to discussing that today. Right. And so I guess the first question is, in the churches you've served in and the churches I've served in, who usually moderates the deacons' meetings? I mean, who usually is in charge, I guess, for lack of a better way of saying that, who's in charge of the deacons' meetings? And in your your um, your experience, James, who has been in charge of those meetings?
1: Um, every time except the the church I'm I'm serving with now, uh it, it was the chairman of the deacons. Um it was their meeting. Um they discussed things and I would sit there and give advice or thoughts. Um th- I changed though over time let me say that far as how I did that uh, but initially uh, to answer your question is it was always the, the the chairman of the deacons usually came in had had an agenda some thoughts um, right. he'd give opportunity for other people to speak and, and, and express their concerns or their thoughts or ideas but but the ones I was always associated with it, it was it was definitely the deacon of I mean the chairman of the deacons
0: yeah and, and that's usually been my experience there was one church I served at. Um, I've also served in a church much like the one you're serving in where, where that wasn't the case, but most of the time it was the chairman of the Deacons. And I was usually given at the end of the meeting a moment, pastor, you got any thoughts? You got anything for us? And and so I I agree that's usually how they run. And so I guess the question we need to to go from, uh, go to from there is, is the question, what really should be happening in Deacons meetings? Uh, what should Deacons meetings be about? Um, because I think we we sort of know what they tend to be about, um, and I guess maybe we should answer that question before we say what should be happening. What usually does happen in a deacon's meeting? I guess that's a better way to start. Um, in my experiences, it, it always was not negative.
1: I don't want to sound negative saying this, but to be honest with you, Dennis. A lot of times, again, it's just either putting out fires or what's okay. what. What what bad is going on between, you know, it could be different people, different groups, building situations. We need to put those out. And then it was just whatever you whatever thought you had, you know, I mean, it would be times of a deacon would go, you know what? I've been thinking and it'd be painting the hallway in education room or Sunday school class and which is fine. But a lot of times just putting out fires, uh, a lot of it was very reactive instead of proactive, um, looking down the right. road, building and, you know, these things. Um, and so that's what it was 90 percent of the time. It was, well, it was business meeting is what it really was, to use that that phraseology.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was it was almost always, and, and it has almost always been in every church that I've served, a, a pre-business meeting business meeting where yeah. um, and, and some churches it's been – And it's varied from church to church. At one church I was at, um, when I got there, everything that would go to the business meeting had to be passed through the deacon body before it was allowed to even be mentioned in the business meeting. And then in in other churches, it was, like you said, putting out fires, trying to, um, you know, these people are mad at each other. How do we handle it? Um, This needs to be done in the church. How do we handle that? And and what— and what I always felt in that is we've got committees for those things. Why is the deacon body? Um, it just seemed like they were duplicating what other ministries should have been doing or, or taking taking ministry away from other ministries that should have been doing those things and doing them. And so I guess the question is, what should be happening in deacons meetings? How should deacons meetings look? And what is the purpose of deacons meetings? And I think To answer that question, we get into the larger theological question of what are deacons and what are they to be about. I know um, we can get into, you know, the etymology of the word deacon. It comes from a Greek word, which means household servant. We can get into um, the idea that they were waiting tables in the New Testament, which I think is biblical. But let's get into practical. What should deacons be doing in the local church?
1: Yeah I I think you're right. I think to to talk about what they should be doing, you know, we have to go back as you said to focus on what does the Bible call them to be and who they are. That should shape what they're doing. But to fast forward to what we're talking about you know, I, I know it sounds simplistic, but but you, we use the word servant. But they are qualified uh, men who, who have a servant's heart, a servant's disposition, and they are looking for opportunities throughout the congregation um, to make sure uh, widows, orphans, spiritual orphans, James 127 tells us, um, looking to take care of these needs, to serve these people in order— In order not only to serve them physically, but it also creates an opportunity for the elders, the pastors, to do their role. Um, And so, you know, I I know that doesn't sound like a committee or a meeting just yet. I know we'll get there. But if that's what they're doing, basically, on most days, when they get together, that call and that responsibility, I would say, should shape that meeting where it's not just as you said, and I think that's the best way to say it. It's a pre-business meeting before the business meeting um, where there needs to be a transition, a shift to talk about who needs, who has needs, who needs to be served, things of that nature and i'd even say not only for the families but even for the pastors going okay how are there are there areas of his ministry that he's carrying a load that he shouldn't be um right. where we can free him up to do the work of the ministry of the pastoral ministry you no know, questions <laughs> like that i would say
0: right because that's exactly what was happening in acts um the the, the, the um, The elders of the church, the disciples said, you need to choose qualified men so that we can focus on preaching the word and prayer and they can do these um, these nitpicky, time consuming things. That doesn't mean that those pastors, those elders did not. Um, exert any authority in that area of course they did but that the deacons came alongside them just as in ministry your wife has to come alongside you and be your helpmate in in marriage and in raising the kids and raising the family deacons are that helpmate for a pastor who comes alongside that pastor and and so i to me that means deacons meetings what should be happening in deacons meetings a lot more should be about how do we help accomplish the purpose of the ministry of this church? How do we serve? I often tell deacons, you know, if we're going to have an outreach, if we're going to have an event in the church, if we're going to have a community um, community service project, I feel like the deacons should be the first. I don't think it should be a question of if they're going to serve in those roles because they're deacons. I think they should be willing to, To serve um, the church in those areas, and should be the question shouldn't be, "Are we going to help with this?" It's where are we going to help? Who's going to do this? Who's going to lead that? And I think that's how meetings should be more effective. You got anything to add to that?
1: So I said to throw a curveball at you. I know we didn't discuss this as we were planning and, and organizing this episode, but we're talking about these. How can we transition these meetings into something more? Uh, uh, healthy, biblically centered, um, but I keep going back to the why. Is right. why why have we gotten to this point where there is a group of men meeting and we need deacons? Deacons no, are are no, bi- yeah, be- they're they're wonderful because they're a gift to the church. They're qualified. They're, they're officers of the church. But why are we gotten to the point, And I, I can only speak to the context that I know of, and that's of course yeah. Southern Baptist, right. where we have deacons operating in effect as pastors, except without right. the preaching. Right. And um and so that that's why I, I know it's a curve. But I keep going back to that as we're talking about this, I keep thinking about this this problem, um, this 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 these meetings are fruit of a greater problem. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so that that that's something I keep coming back to because you're talking about the the Greek word for it, the household servant, which is true. Right. And and I want to defend the deacons for a second, if you'll just let no, me. No, no, no. And is I, I think so, a lot of it's to blame is on pastors. And, and let me explain what I mean by that. And I'm endoding myself here, and I know I am. And I'm well, and,
0: just let me let me just say this while you're thinking yeah. what we were about to say. I think it's a it's an ecclesiology problem right. first, yeah. because I think what we've done is because we as Southern Baptists have lost that idea of a plurality of elders when you have a solo elder in a church and that elder leaves, you leave a vacuum that shouldn't exist. And I think think that's where the problem comes from, is that there's a vacuum that shouldn't exist that we leave, and it forces those men to have to play a role that they're not called to.
1: I think I think that's 100% on the net. That's what I was going to say was, yeah. that's why I said I got to poke at pastors for a moment, including myself, because you said there's a revolving door. And right. as you said, the word vacuum, somebody's got to lead. Someone's got to make decisions. Someone's got to do church discipline, got to get things in order. And so by a vacuum being there, these men fall into that place. And so after having pastors only stay for two, three years for three decades. Right all of a sudden you have a group of men who are basically a plurality of elders slash deacons is what you right. get. Yeah. And and now and now you end up in a meeting where I said, I'm sitting there as a pastor and I basically need permission to speak in a deacons meeting. That's right. ridiculous. I mean it's oh, it totally is. ridiculous. You know, like you said at the end, you got anything? Oh, well, well, I don't mean to sound sarcastic. Oh, well, thank you for letting me speak. You know, I am the pastor, (laughs) you know, and it's just and and, but that's why I said I want to defend him for a minute because. when we're when we move on, we're going somewhere. They'll sit there for a year, two years, sometimes looking for a pastor. Oh yeah, they'll have they'll have an interim. He'll come in and preach some sermons, but he ain't lead, he's not leading like a regular pastor would, or well, even he, a plurality he of it. We well, can't, yeah. And yeah. so that's that's where you stand there and you go, you know. And that's that's I wanted to say that because as I get frustrated as well, I've plenty of times I've been frustrated. But I think, as you said, we get back to a healthy ecclesiology and we get back to pastor staying for a while. I'm not saying 30, 40 years, but you got to build a foundation for that transition to take place. I think we'll see some of that that change. So that, that's all I want to throw in there just for a moment. I, I know it's sort of took us off, but I wanted us to for a moment just to say, okay, we see that there needs to be a change. Let's go back to the why. And we, it'll also help us in having better meetings down the road is to say, okay, what can I do as a pastor? You know, well, number one, start communicating what you said. Exactly. Dennis, you need to start preaching and teaching about a healthy, biblically uh, centered ecclesiology and what that looks like for
0: your church. Well, also I think I, I know when I first became a pastor, there was, um, which which I have a little bit of. A, I have to battle a rebellious spirit anyway. Um, I have yeah. a little bit of a "Don't tell me what to do" kind of attitude. Yeah. Um, you know, if I tell people um, you can ask me to do anything, but if you tell me you're not going to do something, I'm almost <laughs> like the redneck says, "Here, hold this and watch me." Um, yeah. I can do it that way, and so I have to. I have to guard that in myself. Um, and so when I first became a pastor, there was that battle. I felt myself tug of worrying with these guys. But but I think understanding what you just said and what what I just said about why we're here, I think that gives us much. I have much more grace with deacons now because I understand a lot of it is our fault. Um, And it's not that these guys are power hungry, you know, used to. And you'll hear people say deacons are just power hungry. And, and that's true in some instances, but a lot of times they're just they're just um, doing what they've seen previous deacon bodies do right. because those deacon bodies have been put in situations where they had to do things that they're not qualified and not called to do. And and so I think, uh, you know, and, and and of course, this ecclesiast- ecclesiology question is being asked right now because of the sexual abuse stuff. Um, that's a big, big topic of discussion within the SBC right now um, how do we do proper ecclesiology and I think that's important so um, one of the questions that I have then as we continue to look at Deacons meetings and we talk about what should be happening in Deacons meetings okay so we've talked about the why so I think what should be happening in Deacons meetings if we're going to say okay what's the ideal, um, you've been at a church for three to five years. You're starting to make those changes. What is an ideal deacon's meeting supposed to look like? I think it goes back to that that comments that we said earlier of what are the ministries of the church? Where are the places that service is happening and needs to be happening? And how can we help fill the gaps and encourage the body to do these things? And I think that's really the move that deacon bodies need to be making. And and I think that's more than just, you know, I, I, I don't think it's, I I don't think it's less than checking on widows and and visiting people in the hospitals, but I think it's more than that. Does that make sense?
1: Oh yes, no doubt. Yes. I, I think you're correct on that. And, and, and again, as a pastor, if you're looking for these transitions again, know know what, know the role of a deacon, know where, where you want it to be, and to, to, look like, you just can't just go. I never was a guy going by the, the seat of my pants on the fly, always knew what we want these meetings to look like. So I, I right. would, I would, I would game plan if, if they gave me at the end, Hey, you know, brother James or James, uh, you have anything, you know, I would just say, Hey, yeah, so and is going through this problem right now. I think, uh, We need to create some time every time we meet to discuss these issues for some of these these widows or church members who are sick or whatever it may be. And let's take time and let's pray for these people. And all All that was was strategic to start getting them thinking about the people more than they necessarily were the building, even though there was a building and grounds committee. So I would just say, be intentional. Have a game plan of what you want it to look like, and then step by step, with patience, um, get it there. and And you'll see, you'll you'll make strides um, in doing that. And, and and that's what I did. I would add something, and I also did deacon training uh, once a year. We would have a training, and I would just teach on what a deacon is, what the role is, and I would specifically talk about our meetings, what our meetings need to right. look like. You know, and that was just small ways, practical ways of of shaping um, that meeting.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's a good word because I think um, we as pastors, because we um, study the word, we we live in the word or we should, I guess I should say, because I know some don't. Um, But because we should be living in the word, we have a much more mature and not mature in that we're we're emotionally more mature than them, but mature in that we've had more time to flesh out our thought process on these things that our deacon bodies have, because a lot of times they've never thought about it. They're just doing what they've always seen done. They're doing what they've seen modeled. And so we have to, we have to remember it took us a while. It took me a while because I grew up in a traditional Southern Baptist church that deacons sort of ran the show. It took me a while as a pastor for For my ecclesiology to be biblically shaped, I have to be willing to allow my people to have that time to allow their ecclesiology to be shaped and to do that incrementally. can't just walk in and dump, you know, okay. here's what I've learned over the past 20 years of ministry. And I'm just going to give you about 10 minutes because we're changing this thing, guys, and get ready. And I think that's something we tend to do. and, And I think that's why we get rebellion and pushback.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's, it goes back to the overall picture of everything that you're doing as a pastor. You're, you're, you're trying to help your church become biblically centered, conform to the scriptures. So therefore, as Paul tells Timothy, you have to teach with all patience, all patience, teach with all patience. And so, um, and sheep bite sometimes, but you have to be patient with that. And, and that's where I think, um, I really, I really believe that if we come with the right plan, knowing where we're going, and then, like you said, just just the patience part, we'll get it. it love them, serve them, be patient with them, and you'll be surprised what you can do in five years. I, I okay. really believe that. I think, 100. I think that's the, the the big deal. So, and then you all of a sudden you've got a deacons' meeting where there's where ours became focused on was the people. And some issues. And then the last 15 minutes, we actually discussed about air conditioners or something or right. or it got to the point where our our and the Deacons would go, hey, let's just let the building grounds committee handle that you yeah. know that to me was a huge victory you know and and it was like yes you're getting it we we need right. we need to be focusing on bigger picture issues here than all right a 3 4 ton unit we'll let the building grounds look at it get some prices and we'll look at it later but right now we need to pray for miss so and so she's she's got cancer her yard needs to be picked up and mowed she needs some food cuz she's having treatments okay. three times a week you know things of that nature and and it, like i said you'll be surprised just just the patience there um how far that'll take you and get you and where you'll be in five
0: to ten years okay I agree. Uh, what are some what are some healthy models of Deacon ministry that you've run into? Um, where have you seen Deacon ministry be done in a healthy way and 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 then we've sort of discussed this but I want to flesh it out a little bit more how do we begin to move our churches in the direction of a healthy deacon ministry? So James, I'll let you start what are some of the models of healthy Deacon ministry that you've seen?
1: Um, I've, I've been, I, the church I've served at, I, we've always had very good deacons who right. did things well, and it practically worked, but it necessarily wasn't biblical, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um they, they did a good, I've. I've been blessed. I've right. never ran into a deacon that was a nightmare. I'm being honest and God has blessed me with that. Um and so they were good men, godly men and they after a while they would follow my leadership. Uh but but far by far church I'm, I'm currently serving at um you know how there's a plurality of elders. The mm-hmm. deacons work under the authority of the elders. Right. Um, they meet with the elders. They have their own meetings, but they're, they're held accountable to um, the deacons. The deacons are held accountable to uh, the elders. The elders check in. The elders suggest things, um, right. and, and they work on that. They're servants. Right. Um, that, that It's very healthy. It works very well, to be honest with you. Um, and, uh, that, that's the healthiest I've seen. Uh, I guess you'd say the second healthiest for me simply was a church I was serving at previously. We were making strides and transitions to a right. plurality of elders and the deacon, uh, uh, body, um, the meetings became much more, uh, gospel centered, word centered, church centered. Right. Um, and that, that for me was, was, was huge. I mean, that, and it took a lot of work. No one was ever. There was a couple of very tense moments and conversations, <laughs> um, but but you, you'd be surprised what God's Spirit can do through God's Word, and you just keep putting the Scripture out there. So that that to me is two times in my life that I've seen healthiness, not necessarily perfection, but they were striving to do as the Bible uh, uh, commanded them and taught them to do. What Wait, about what, you?
0: Are, what are some of the things that they were doing um, as far as the deacons that are. Um, Sort of different than the more traditional deacon board model. What are what are some of the the practical things they were doing? I guess,
1: um, <clears throat> practically speaking, is it was the focus changed from. The, the The biggest change just was the focus of the deacons. It was getting off of building and ground issues to people right. issues. Um, and it looked different every time. Um, it, we would discuss ministries of the church about what do we need to do to disciple young men in the church. Those are conversations. Um, what do we need to do, uh, for instance, um, Um, You know, for again, I I think specifically a a, a young lady who had cancer and she ultimately passed away. But we uh, we go do yard work for her. We provide food for her kids. We find babysitters for her children during that time. So it became more focused on that. And we and of course, there were some church discipline issues. Um, Right instead of building ground. So that's one of the very practical ways you can see a transitioning, a change of mind starting to take place. Um, they, They do differently. Now where I'm at now, uh, they, they do, the, the deacons operate, they take care of everything practically from cutting the yard to the cleaning schedule for the church. If there is one, they, they actually operate, handle financial stuff, the money, uh, paying bills, things of that nature. Uh, they Everything that's servant based uh, ministry, even if it's a committee for building grounds, there is a deacon that's leading that. Right. Um, and so most of your committees are led by a deacon. Uh, okay. because we we consider them servant leaders um and so they they do that so that's a little bit different paradigm is a paradigm shift for us but to be honest with you it's it works really well and it just it's amazing to see the church flourish under a healthy ecclesiology
0: All right uh for me um You know, the the best model and the move that we've made, um, the best models that I've seen are my first church and then the one I'm at now, my first church, when I got there, they were already, um, and this is more of a traditional thing, but they were already doing the deacon family plan. Now, granted, that's also the church where everything had to go through the deacon body. By the time we left that church, um, that was no longer happening. And like yes, you said, yes. we're beginning to discuss needs in the church and how do we minister to families? How do we help people? How do we have better ministries in our church? How are we more effective in in our children's ministry and and in the current church? We've sort of made that same shift. They were they were pretty much, um, in fact, I'm not even not even going to say pretty much. They were the building and grounds board for the church. Now there was a building and grounds body, but but. They really all they were were the grunts for the actual work, wow. and um, and now we've moved to having family plans. And it's not perfect. I mean, um, it's still a work in progress, but moving towards having specific families that they're ministering to, thinking about needs, you know, praying for certain people, and how do we how do we minister to those people? Those changes are making, and and, and it, the process comes when, like you said, when you're when you have your pastoral time. Um, speaking about those issues um, saying you know, hey, all of this is great um so so pleased that you know we've we've figured out the air conditioning situation and stuff, but um there's some really serious needs in our church that you guys need to know about, and um how do we beginning to talk about how do we minister and getting their minds to shift from um like you said. Um, let's figure out this air conditioning situation too. let's give that to the building grounds committee that we already have. And let's focus on these other issues. I think, like you said, it's a slow process of, of bringing them back to a gospel center thing. When you have your times to speak, bringing them, you know, not, not filler bustering, not, um, being negative in those other things, because all that's going to do is create division and it's going to, it's going to create animosity between you and that body that will not allow you to speak in their life. But when you have those opportunities begin to speak biblically, um, to me, that's how you begin to move your church in that direction. What other things do you think we can do to move our church into a direction of more help? Um,
1: Yeah, I, I would I would agree totally with you. as you said taking opportunities to, to make the conversation Christ centered, drawing them um, over that way will help too, and right. and just continue in private conversations with your chairman. Okay, Um, eat lunch with him, get to know him, other members of the deacon body, um, and just disciple them without them knowing they're being discipled. Right, Uh, you're 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 talking to them about the meetings, you're you're sharing with them ideas, and it's literally happened before. I can't tell you how many times in a meeting, a deacon I've been talking with for years all of a sudden comes up and says, "Hey, why don't we do this in our meetings?" And then all of a sudden, the conversation started, and it's not by the pastor, it's by one of the deacons. And then all of a sudden, you can chime in there and go, hey, Brother so-and-so or Mr. so-and-so, that's a wonderful idea, and you start talking about it. That's what I would say is is not only in the meetings, not only in preaching and teaching, but love these men, get to know them, disciple them, educate them biblically. And that's what I'm saying you'll see over time. It'll naturally come up sometimes in conversation in the middle of the meeting. Um, I've seen that happen many, many times. Um, and it's not just the pastor now talking about it. But now of the nine deacons I had, two of them are talking about it now. So there's 10 people right. sitting there. Three of them are discussing it. So And then that natural progression of change takes place. So I would just say on a practical level, just stop, stop seeing them as the enemy of uh, the hindrance of progress, right. see them as the sheep of your fold right. and, and love them and disciple them and be, again, teach with all patience. And um, again, you'll, you'll see what the Lord will do with that.
0: And, and one thing I want to say to, to a young pastor, because uh, Lee Faylor just dropped an, an amazing article on things I wish I'd known when I went into ministry. Right. Uh, one thing I wish I had known that I've learned is the power of allowing your people to have wins that are even that are your wins, and, and what I mean, by, let me explain what I mean by that. Let's say that um, I'm having those conversations with a guy, and I'm talking to him about. Good deacon ministry. And then all of a sudden he shows up at a deacon's meeting and says, guys, this is what good deacon's meeting good good deacon ministry should look like. For me to be able to look at him and say, Man, that is a great idea. I'm so glad that God's led you to that point and not be like, I've been telling you that for three years, where I've right. got the glory. I'm allowing him to get the glory. Young guy. Let your guys get those wins. I had a wise pastor one time tell me that part of pastoral ministry is allowing people to take credit for things you've been saying because God's bringing them along in that direction. And when they make that discovery, even though it's not really a discovery, it's something you've been seeding in their life for years, um, allowing them to take that victory. And, and, and you know, if you have to, I mean, if you're like me, you just sort of give yourself a little pat on the back and say, good job, Dennis, you did that. But you don't have to proclaim that to everybody. You just let them have the win. And oh, I yeah. I mean, I would agree
1: because the big picture is – is you you want them to do those things? So when right. they do it, like you said, instead of, of "Hey, let me get the accolades." Well, it's not about me getting the accolades; it's about them getting it and doing it. Right. Now they're getting it and doing it. So, all right, let's take the next step. And that, right. and I know exactly what you're saying uh, in discipling men and people bringing things up, and you just grin in a corner because you're like, "Yeah, I've just been saying that for two years. You know, I've been preaching <laughs> it, and teaching it, and now it clicked." But you're like, "Oh." You just all you can do is say thank you, Jesus. You know, yeah. and 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 lift your hands up, praise God, and now let's let's work on the next step. Right, um, and that. So I, I yeah, I'm, I'm the same way, and even as as a leader, a shepherd of the flock is that's the goal. Is you want to see them grow, you want to see them progress. The bride becoming who she's supposed to be for the glory right. of God. And and, and and that's when that motivates us, that drives us, we're not worried about the accolades. We're just glad that Christ is glorified and his beauty his his excuse me, his bride is, is, is made holy, you know. Right. And so that's that's always that always thrilled me. But no, I get it when you're when you're in your office and you just I shout. I, I say shout, but it's just a big victory. Like yes, I've been. We've been fighting this for two years, and today yeah. was the day. You know. And, yeah. Um, but yes, and I, like you said, things you wish you've known, and tell them pastors that. Yes, yeah, celebrate the victories, man. Celebrate with your wife. Get get with another elder who's been helping you, or another pastor, right. or even by yourself in your study, and just praise God and celebrate those small victories because the small ones add up, and then all of a sudden the big things start coming.
0: Well, let's be honest, too. If I tell someone something, it may last as long as I'm there. Right. But if they, if they come to it through um, discipleship and prayer, then that lasts after I'm gone. And, and what we should be seeking for is life change, not um, Dennis and James change. Right, and I think that's important. You know, I tell my wife all the time, I want I want to build a ministry that survives me, and, and nobody points to it, and nobody may ever point to it and say that's something Dennis did, but it's something that God did because it's not something I do. Only God can make those life changes in people's lives, and when it comes to deacon ministry, you got to pray hard because only God's going to bring those men to those places. You've got to encourage your men to get into the Word and really study the Word, and and, and, and I think as far as Deacon ministry goes, if you're going to facilitate change, one of the things that you as a pastor during your time, and I've been spotty at this, I need to be better about this, but is encouraging your men to be in the Word and, and to encourage them you know, if you're going to be a leader, you need to be you need to be a reader of God's word and to um, make sure that that's something you're talking about. And it may be something as simple as saying, hey, each week during my time, I'm going to give you all some Bible verses to read. And we're going to discuss them for about five minutes at the end of each deacon's meeting. Just time, t- just a it's a discipling thing where it's not it's you discipling them and and, and they sort of saying, well, I need to be in the word because Brother Dennis make." May ask a question about the the verses we read on Thursday. And if I only read Monday and Tuesday and he asks about Thursday, I'm not ready. and so it's a way to disciple your men and just being patient with them and and bringing them along in the word and allowing them to bring you along, not not going in there with a cocky attitude of I have all the answers to these questions, but I'm here. Um, to walk beside you guys and, and help us to do things in a healthy way, I think that's important.
1: Um, yeah, I agree. Any
0: final thoughts, James, before we close out today?
1: No, I just just reiterate everything we said. For us coming to have a a uh, a healthy, intentional deacons meeting, you know, start start at. Where what the problem is when it comes to, to knowing what is a deacon about, who they are, what's their role, and then get that game plan together about educating them, discipling them, be intentional with the plan, and then just be patient. Just, just let right. the Spirit of God do what the Spirit of God does. That doesn't mean drag your feet But but love them, serve them, see them as they are. They're not your enemy uh, necessarily. I definitely uh, would encourage those things,
0: continue to do those things. Right. Absolutely. And I just reiterate that. Well, guys, we just want to thank you for listening to the Shepherds today. We want to remind you that you can check us out on Facebook at Small Church Shepherds. You can also find us on Twitter at Shepherds Small. Um, you can email us at smallchurchshepherds at gmail.com. And you could also go to our website, smallchurchshepherds.com, and you can check out our podcasts. I want to encourage you... Um, to um, support us. There are a couple of support opportunities. If you go to our Small Church Shepherds Facebook page uh, we are trying to um, uh, improve the ministry and so there are some ways that you can support us on Facebook and you can also support us here on the podcast by um, checking out some of the sponsors that we have. Uh, God bless you and have a great day. Um, thank you for listening to Small Church Shepherd.